This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. It'll work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. McKinnon. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Welcome in to yet another BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. That's right. This is our fourth of the week. You're not going to go find, has any other Avs podcast even done one this week? Is there even another Avs podcast? The answer is no. Yeah. Because I, any any no, podcast no. that doesn't include Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley and Adrian Dater isn't even a real podcast. So. It is what it is. You got two of us here tonight. I'm Jesse Montano. He is AJ Hayfley. And uh, it's a first intermission. Avs stars. AJ, first of all, we spoke. I mean, we've been speaking nonstop. So I'm going to ask how you are, but I know how you are. It's all formality. It's all an illusion for them. How are you? Uh, fine. Perfect. Abs are down one to nothing uh, after the first 20 minutes in Dallas and Twitter is already alive with uh, debate as far as whose man went completely uncovered to the front of the net. AJ. It's, it's clearly Agazino's. Um, I had to go back and watch the replay just to, just to keep an eye on it, but it's, it's very obviously Agazino's when you watch it. I had um, to go back and, and rewatch it. I was like, no, you know what? There's no way my eyes are being truthful. There's no way someone was that wide open in front of the net, but uh <clears throat> Turns out there was. Uh, yeah. Imagine that. I mean, <laughs> it, I'm not. I'm not looking to come. I'm not looking to come down on. Uh, on on anybody. So I'm not going to say anything about Agazino. I just. Uh, that was his guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's his guy, and it's to me, it's not remotely surprising. We saw we saw the same issues. Um, we saw the same issues cropping up. Um, last time he was up in the defensive yeah. zone. Um, it, it's just, I'm not. I, I don't want to come down on a dude. I'm really, I'm really not. I'm not I'm really not like interested in just like dropping the hammer on any on anybody. But look, he's an AHL player. So, so, so let me ask you this, because as you and I were talking about, you know, we don't, we don't want to be doing those like period by period full recaps. So were you as thrown off by the Agazino call up as everyone else? Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. Um, why? And, it, it and I mean, it didn't make, it didn't make sense to me just because like, why? Like, what are you, what are you up to? Um. Mm-hmm. And I like I get like Bork and Dries are like, why why did you decide sixty five games in sixty seven games into the season that uh, you'd had enough of those two, right? Like was forty games not enough? What what changed between game sixty and game sixty seven? Mm-hmm. So, well, and it's and it's 
What's even more puzzling about it is is why Agazino <laughs> of anybody, why Agazino in the sense that I mean that, that that's Gabe Bork reincarnated. He's an older guy, career AHL, which there's nothing wrong with. Like you said, right? This, like, this not, is not a bash Agazino segment, right. but just like. That's not what I want to do here. It's just like Agazino is the best player on the Eagles. He's their he's their leader offensively. They're making a playoff run the same the same way that uh, the Avs are, but he's way more important to the Eagles playoff run than he would be to, to the Avs. Mm-hmm. Why why bring him up unless you and like the only reason you do that is because you think that he's going to make a discernible difference on your fourth line and. If you made that determination after giving up on Dries and Bork after game 67, what changed between 67 and game even 63 or 64? Right. You know, they had they they had the guys at the deadline. They had Greer up. They had Agazino up. They had a fourth line that was doing its thing. And I'm not going to – I don't want to rehash all of this. But they made their decisions. They said, hey, these are the guys that we think are going to help us. What changed? What and and what change? It just feels so reactive and shows so short sighted. And it's like, look, like I don't want to, I don't want to come out and like drop the hammer on the guy and be like, oh, like Andrew Agazino sucks and like Andrew Ag- like it just. Ah, I'm not. Right. Well, and and what's so tough is is you and I spend a lot of time on on this show talking about how people have these irrational reactions to fourth line players. And and in a lot of instances, they don't have, you know, the, the seven minutes that Andrew Agazino plays versus the seven minutes and 15 seconds Gabe Bork plays. It's pretty much a wash, but where it is frustrating is when you look at a play like that and, and you're saying, look, this is a guy that just lost his man. So he is having an impact on the game and that's where it's frustrating. I completely agree with you. It didn't make any sense. I'm going to ask you this and you're probably going to get angry. So I'm going to, I'm going to warn you. You're probably not going to like this question with all the fourth line talk recently for the abs to be making this push. If they're wanting to be serious about it, what should that fourth line look like? What's your most effective version? Because while we make the argument that fourth lines have such little impact. Well, the way that Colorado does their fourth line, it, they have little impact. Mm-hmm. Like what Colorado needs is a fourth line that can play 10 minutes a night and they can, they can have a, a, a physical presence. Those guys can actually chip in offensively once in a while and not like a, a five to 10 point guy, but a 15 point guy. Right. Like you want to talk, who should be on your fourth line? A guy like Matt Nieto is perfect for your fourth line. Yeah. And the fact that they haven't had anybody better than Matt Nieto uh to 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 take that that spot is really what's hurting them. Yeah. Like that's that's when that's that's what you want. You want guys like like Matt Nieto on your fourth line. That's how mm-hmm. good that's where good teams are. You know, I mean the Sharks, the Sharks, look at the Sharks. They they gave up Matt Nieto and Ryan Carpenter for nothing. Well, they yeah, they lost both guys on wafers. Right. So when you're talking when when we're talking about fourth line guys, when when people are out there talking about fourth line guys, that's that's really to me where you see Colorado's depth problem. You go look at their at at, at just their team stats, 
you, you got multiple 30 point guys outside of, uh, you know, your, your, your big three, you got multiple 40 point guys outside of your big three, uh, you know, so it's, you and I have, have been defending the whole secondary scoring thing all year. Is it an issue? Yes. But to me, you see it further down that lineup. And this is a problem the apps have had for several, several years. You're, it's, you're asking got legitimate NHL players like Matt Nieto. That's a legitimate NHL guy, but you're asking him to play beyond his abilities. And I think that's what frustrates so many people. You're saying, Hey, Matt Nieto, the fourth liner, can you go play top six minutes next to Carl Soderberg? And that's to me where you see Colorado's depth problems. Yeah. Um, that's that's really where I mean yeah that's why you have a six minute fourth line is because you have to lean too heavily on the top three lines that you have. Mm-hmm. That's really where improved depth is going to help you is that your top line will play more like nineteen twenty minutes a night instead of twenty two minutes a night. Right. And there's a you know there's a shuffling of all those minutes. It has a trickle down effect. You give your your fourth line is effective and it gives. It gives it. It just it gives. Every, it makes everything easier. You know, rising tide raises all boats. Kind of kind of effect. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You you put more talent at the top, and uh, yeah, everything trickles down. Exactly what you just said. <clears throat> AJ, we you and I talked on yesterday's show, and and we we had the conversation around Matt Cowder. Jeez, Ian Cole. So that's where I'm going to stay because. You said, hey, the one knock against him that I can't dispute with numbers is he's on the ice for a lot of goals against. Now, again, I'm using Ian Cole uh, as as an example because that's what you and I talked about on the whole advanced statistics versus eye test thing. On that play, Ian Cole is on the ice for a goal against. You look at the play in the defensive zone, that's not his guy. You turn the play back a little bit, bad turnover at the blue line, loses a battle on the wall. And again, I'm, this is not me calling out Ian Cole. This is a, a, a product of our conversation last night. So on a play like that, does that d- does that fall under Ian Cole's shortcomings, or is that he's on the ice when a guy loses his man coming down the middle? I mean, or is it somewhere in the middle? It can be both. And again, I'm I using mean, Ian Cole like, because like that's Ian who we Cole, talked about. It's not it's not a clear turnover by Ian Cole because he never possesses the puck. Like he loses the puck battle on the wall um, to to Jason Spezza. He doesn't, he doesn't ever get it. There's not a guy in position when he chips the puck up. And then when it comes back to him, Spezza beats him to the puck again. So like, yeah, those are both problems. If, if either one of those things are different, the, the outcome is probably different, but the outcome is also probably different. If Matt Calvert isn't in no man's land, Matt Calvert, because, yeah, Matt okay. Calvert's in no man's land because he's the guy who wasn't on, he wasn't in position up the boards when it gets chipped up there. And then Agazino or Wilson, depending on whoever whoever you want to blame, AD insists it's Wilson. <sighs> I say it's Agazino. Given the way everybody's rotating around and these three guys don't play on a line together, these are three forwards on three different lines. Calvert, Wilson, and Agazino that are on the ice right here, uh, which for me is the real issue. Because somebody's playing out of position there and isn't doesn't know what's going on. Right. But if Calvert is up the wall and he's able to get the puck and he can either chip it or he can make a play on it, he can do whatever, then the outcome is different. If one of those guys covers Radulov in the slot, 
the outcome is different. So, like, you can just look and say, oh, well, Ian Cole started that. But there are four other guys on the ice that also have jobs to do, mm-hmm. and they don't get done. Like, defense is a team concept. The same way winning and losing is a team concept. And to look at this, oh, well, what's the Avs record without Barry? What's the Avs record without Zadorov? What's the Avs record without random guy or there? And it's like, what is this? I I, I, I agree with, with a lot of what you're saying. <clears throat> uh, so it's funny. I was actually, uh, I walked by a TV today and they had ESPN on, and they were talking about the Boston Celtics. Shout out AD. And I don't remember who it was they were saying uh, that when he was out earlier in the year, the team went undefeated. And he's out again, and they're 7-0 and without him. And they were saying, you know, the first time, I didn't think anything of it. Now, the second time, is there maybe a bit of a trend? So it's, it's, that's a completely different conversation. But I agree with you. To me, that play, that goal started with, with a bad Ian Cole turnover at the far blue line. Uh, to me, that was careless with the puck. But I mean, then, as the play... Even, are, we, are we 100% sure he touches it? I'm honestly asking yeah. because I can't yeah. see it. Uh, um, the the attacking blue line. So before the rush even starts, he turns the puck over. Yeah, okay, yes. So 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 that starts there. And then after that, I, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Ian Cole loses the wall battle. The puck goes up the, up the boards. Matt Calvert's not there. And then I don't know what. Yeah, like you said. Wilson or Agazino. Right. And whatever. like EJ, EJ's chasing Jamie Ben. And like, I don't have an issue with that. Is, is I don't either. Is EJ supposed to let Jamie Ben just by himself? Right. Like EJ's thinking, Hey, I've got three other guys on my team. Mm-hmm. The one of them surely is going to pick somebody up here. And they just didn't. Right. So, and, and so I guess, so here's a good example of, Sure, you can be mad at Ian Cole for that, but you also have to understand that, like you said, this is a team game and it takes a lot of mistakes to make a goal happen, usually. Uh, so it's just interesting because I, when I sat down, I said, all right, Ian Cole was the subject of the conversation yesterday, so I'm going to be paying extra close attention to see if, you know, what what's going on out there. Why is he on there uh, on the ice for goals against? Like you and I were saying yesterday, that's kind of the one thing where we both just kind of have to throw our hands up and are like, I don't know. I don't know why he's out there. Just interesting. Not picking on Ian Cole. That was just the uh, the topic of our conversation yesterday. AJ, let's jump to a break. When we come back, more hockey stuff to talk about. Hockey stuff. We're making it up on the fly tonight because that's what we do. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency, hands down, is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. 
That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one-time-a-year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person to not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Segment number two, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley here. Talking abs, first and second period have come and gone, and they're behind two to nothing. Uh, kind of a soft, not kind of, kind of a soft goal for Varley to give up and an absolutely atrocious giveaway right in the middle of the ice. Uh, lead to Radulov's second goal of the evening. AJ, ah, the Islanders, yeah, <laughs> baby, barely figured Ooh. it out. Barely figured it out. Got it. Uh, it was Good looking point. like it was gonna, like it was gonna be a disastrous night for the Avs, but the Isles, uh, the Isles, save a little face. Uh, as they knock off the Ottawa Senators. Dude, Casey Zizekas has 19 goals. What the hell world are we living in? Uh, one where Matt Nieto scored, what was it, 20 last year? 15? Something ridiculous? Yeah. Uh, but so the uh, the Ottawa Senators will lose tonight, which is... Uh, in regulation. In regulation, which is good. So that's yeah. that's one good thing going... AJ, we won't we won't dissect the entire period. I just have one question for you. Uh, the Ghostbusters. That's who I'm going to call. Will they know if Ben Bishop is good again? Have you not paid attention to Ben Bishop this year? Why? Well, I, I mean, he's I mean, played well, but in a in a Vesna ballot, I would have him like fifth or sixth. That's like, way lower than I thought you were gonna say. It's dude really is funny. like, dude's had a really, really solid. No, I mean he has, uh, like a but rock it's just solid year. Ben Bishop sucks. <laughs> like, like. Uh, I mean, I, mean like, I don't, I don't agree, but okay. I, I think Ben Bishop is like the definition of league average goaltender. Right, and that's what I mean by he sucks. <laughs> that's. Don't you know, AJ, anyone who's just good sucks? Oh, my bad. My bad. You have to be great to not suck. That's the rules. I guess, I mean, I guess in a in a Ricky Bobby in sort of way, I get it. Yeah, but, I mean, you don't remember just like growing up, you'd be in the locker room, and they'd be like, all right, guys, you got to watch out for number 12. He's their leading scorer. And I'm going to go, ah, he sucks. He didn't suck. He was good. But right, he wasn't, you had to watch out for him. Yeah, but he wasn't the best, so everyone else thought he sucked. That's that's Ben Bishop. He's just okay. eh, but for some reason he's insane this year. What the f is going on? Is it just I mean, goalies, baby? Goalies. <laughs> if, I mean, every year, how many how many of these how many of these conversations do we have about guys that come out of nowhere? 
like uh Brader Holby Braden Holby gets replaced by Grubauer at the end of last season going down the stretch. Uh, because Grubauer just straight up outplayed the guy. And next thing you know, Grubauer can't stop a beach ball in, in Denver, and Brayden Holby is back to rocking and rolling. He's he's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, Corey Snyder randomly doesn't he can't like didn't win a regulation game for like a year and a half. Like and that was like <laughs> <laughs> Corey Schneider was like really good for for a while there. Like the guy was really good, and then uh-huh. randomly it was like Corey Schneider's terrible now. Like Corey Schneider, <laughs> he's unplayable. Right. And like, how long has has goaltending been an issue for for the Dallas Stars? And then you go and you look at them this year, and you're like, who are these guys? They give up the fewest number of goals, but they also score. The, the the lowest amount of goals and somehow Ben Bishop is dope. Yeah. Like Ben Bishop is like the backbone of the success of a, like a really blah stars team. Well, well that, that right there says just how blah they are is that you're having, like you said, this is a guy that, that could be in a Vesna conversation. Yeah. I mean, and, a and, 928 save percentage dude, like that's, and they're fighting to get into a wild card spot. The the Dallas Stars aren't good, man. You and I have had this conversation multiple times. They they ran all over the Abs physically in that period, and it seemed like that like it it backed the Abs off a bit. And I think that was why Ranton and made that bad pass. Uh, but I think we saw there near the end of the period. The Abs are a better enough team that if they wanted to step on it, they can. But yeah, suddenly you have this really weird Ben Bishop anomaly. Uh, yeah, I mean, man, I mean, it's, it's the way of the world. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Case Keenum? Dude, that trade broke while Andre and I were recording the draft pod for the Broncos. Nah. And I was like, so hey, just a heads up here. Uh, but Case Keenum got traded. And Andre goes, cool, man. And we just kept on going. <laughs> like, on a that's, Broncos podcast, that was our reaction. That's what people think of Case Keenum in Denver. Okay. <laughs> uh, real quick, do you think that they now take a quarterback? Round one? No, no, they won't do that. Okay. No, that's all we'll say on that. I'm just curious. Uh, uh, for those curious, though, uh, what's his face? Andre and I will be back to do uh, an avalanche draft show next week. There you go. Uh, so for those of you looking forward, which ties back into what we started this segment off on is the Ottawa Senators lost. Yeah, baby. We, uh, I we have. Doing work as usual, just uh, yeah, yeah, as usual. He says, is they almost blew it the other night, uh, almost against the, the same Ottawa Senators. Two points, Doug. Two points, yeah, but I, I don't care about their points, I care about Ottawa's points, yeah. Well, that's I mean, what they messed up the other night, yeah, they definitely did. But you know, they also Ottawa also got away with goaltender interference on that game time goal, so I uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> Brady Brady Kachuk just plowed over the goalie, and they were like, "Well, the defenseman uh, gave him a little nudge, so it's it's fine." Which 
Can we t- can we talk about how the uh, the league got together recently and proposed a whole bunch of rule changes that made no sense, like penalties or one minute in overtime, but none of them came within a mile of them talking about offsides and like the terrible review system in place for it. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. What? Penalties missed... in overtime or one minute? So you missed this conversation. Completely. Okay, well, basically, they all uh, they all got to... Uh, Who's they all? Uh, like the, the big board of governors meetings that they have every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they all got together and they were having the... Uh, they were having the... Uh, uh, one of those, like... GM meetings, um, yeah, with the with the rule changes and all the oh, like, what are some of the ideas that we can have um, to to better the game? And they were like, oh, well, like if a guy loses his helmet, he has to go to the bench. Or, okay, I saw that one. Horrible, yeah, or if, horrible. Uh, or if a guy like that one, I'm like, eh. like if they implement it, let's see how people abuse it, and then we'll take it away if it's a bad idea. The like, the abuse of it is is what concerns me. Yeah, and like I get it. That's totally fine. I, I get where people are coming from where it's like, ah, oh, that's uh that's really easy to manipulate. And uh it's like, yeah, yeah. Too yep. true. Um, uh so the, keep going. They uh like the one minute penalty uh in overtime. But so my point is is that they did all these things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They did all they had they had all these conversations about rule changes and um didn't th- even talk about didn't even didn't even mention offside reviews. They were just ah, fine. Oh man. I am uh, I've got the uh Detroit game on here. They're in overtime by the way and I know um, we hate Detroit. They're at a shootout now. Oh, yeah, it just ended. Oh. Uh Catch Do you up, have that up. on? Did you see that hit on Brady Shea just then? That was yeah, a dangerous hit. This is this is like the fun part of the year where that's how I decide what games to watch. What? What what's in overtime? Yeah. Uh I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll put on so it goes it goes Ottawa. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Islanders and then uh Detroit and LA. Mm-hmm. And uh, then after that, it's anybody in, in overtime, anybody uh, in the shootout. And <laughs> yep. just, I just go with the drama. Because, you know, it's funny because, like, hockey fans get on, like, this this thing, like, this big hard-on about, well, at least it's not the end of basketball games. You know, the only the only time you need to tune into a basketball game is the last five minutes. It's like, it's for a lot of the time, the hockey, hockey games, that shit's true, too. Well, that, that that's, that's true for most sports that yeah. you aren't interested in. Like, you can fire up a game and be like, I don't really care how they got here. They're close at the end. Yancey. Like, yeah. we're going to watch some drama. I'm down with that, man. Like, that's fine. But, like, yeah. I, I abuse that that basic notion uh, this late in the season like crazy. Because it's just like, well, I'm going to watch hockey all night anyway. So I might as well watch, like, close hockey. I'm not going to watch somebody lose 4-1. to one. I think it was last week I... Uh... I was getting ready for bed and I was like, all right, I'll finish watching. I don't remember who it was. I was playing. I think it was, I think it was like Anaheim. And I was like, all right, I'll finish watching this one. Then I'll go to bed. It was tied. It went to overtime. Ended. I was like, wow, what an exciting finish. Just for 
giggles, I'll see what else is on before I definitely go to bed. Saw that LA was like three minutes left in a tied game. And I was like, well, I have to watch that. It's just the last three <laughs> minutes. Went to overtime in a shootout. And I was like, all right, well, I got to go to bed. But I did realize that right before I clicked on this, I saw that Vegas is still playing. So I guess I'll see what that... Oh my gosh, wow, five minutes left in this one in a tied game. Went to overtime and then a shootout. I was like, wow, what a great hour and a half I just spent of watching super exciting West Coast hockey games. All just <laughs> because I can't turn down an exciting finish. Well, it's like... like I know, I know Avs fans are like pissed. Um, but like that's that's one of the reasons why I love hockey the way that I do is is that at the end of games, like in basketball, you know, it, it can turn into the free throw shooting contest, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the end of a great basketball game is is still great. Like it's so it's so compelling. But mm-hmm. it's also like each team gets a you know gets a chance. Each team, it's very it's still very formulaic. Baseball, the same thing, but a close hockey game is mass chaos. Yeah. Because even if it's, even if it's the most boring game you've ever watched and there's nothing, nothing interesting about it, it's still compelling Mm -hmm. because it's just like, you don't know, like maybe the teams are, are dumping change and, you know, trying to just trying to get to the point, the extra point, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, there's, there's so many different aspects to, uh, the end of hockey games or in like this time of year, it's it's playoffs. Teams are fighting for the rows. You know, they need the row and not the OT win. Right. So they get a little hyphy in overtime. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. all right, we're putting three forwards out there. Like, let's get a little crazy. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. Like late in the season and um, you're you're going like teams are going for it. Teams are locked in. They know what they need to do. Everybody's looking at the standings every day. They don't don't ever listen to them when they're like, "We're not really paying attention to that stuff. We're just we're just trying one day to think." Yeah, right. Right. Those right. dudes all have alerts on their phones about those scores. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know they're in the locker room right now on NHL Network, seeing what's going on. Detroit takes it. There it is. So uh, now we have to worry about the Kings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So quick update. Live update. Uh, that moves Ottawa is now four points behind LA, uh, six points behind Detroit, and seven points behind Jersey. LA is playing at home tonight against St. Louis, who played last night. LA played two nights ago. This is a classic scheduled loss, except it's a terrible team against a less terrible team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's. Man, dude, I, yeah. I, I, I honestly, I look at these standings and I just, I can't believe that. Again, we're here. <laughs> I, right. Like, and, okay. and the other part, the other part of that, uh, 15 games to go for Ottawa. 14. Uh, my standings are updated and it should be 15. You're right. It's 14. Um, so 14 games to go for Ottawa. Yeah. Like. I'm still hyped on this. Like, I understand, and I've said this all along. Like, what will be will be with the Avs. They're either going to make it, they're going to not. Honestly, mm-hmm. it looks like not just because Minnesota's turned into an unstoppable monster. Yeah, who shut out the lightning. to come along. Right. And they're about to go, uh, they're, they're a period away from going five points down to Dallas. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think what we said yesterday is, is totally true. It, it's, if they get in, it's huge. That's a huge step for them. That's a huge step for the organization. But honestly, and, and maybe I'll catch heat for this. I don't know. And maybe this is what you're trying to say. And, and I'll just take the brunt of it for you. Uh, the, the most important thing that you're watching right now is what's happening with Ottawa. That, that is what really matters for the abs right now, well, and, in my opinion. And again, like it's not irrelevant that they make the postseason two years in a row. Right. Go I, for yeah. it. Get ham. Get that get that spot. Get in there. Do whatever. Like it's not irrelevant. But the Ottawa thing still matters. It matters a lot. Just right. because of what is potentially there for you. Right. Like we talk all we've talked so many times about how lucky teams need to be when trying to build uh, cup champions, uh-huh. you know, and, and the difference between the first and third picks can be enormous. You know, uh-huh. how, how different is life for Anaheim if they end up with Getzlaff, Perry, and Crosby <laughs> instead of Bobby Ryan? How different right. is life for them? Yep. How different is life for Pittsburgh if they have Bobby Ryan and Evgeny Malkin instead of uh, Crosby? Yep. You no, know? you're 100% right. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it, it could be huge. And now this is a draft year where top two is in the money. It's not top one, it's top two. But there could be a big difference between even just two and three. Yep. So, you know. and that's why them finishing as low as possible is better because it's not even ha- about having yeah. those odds for the first overall pick, but it's about what are your odds that you're going to end up in that top two. And I believe, what is it? If they finish 31st, it's like a 40-something percent chance? Something like that? Uh, 35% to be in top 35, two. 35. If, if, they're, if Ottawa finishes dead last, yeah. And if they finish at 30th, uh, it drops down to 26. So it goes down a significant amount in a big hurry. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're watching it so close. <laughs> uh, right. AJ, this segment's been about absolutely nothing, so let's get out of here and see how this game finishes out. Honestly, we did well. Yeah, I like it. I'm I'm a fan of this. We're, uh, uh, I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of us having a more general hockey approach instead of uh, super micro. Let's talk about every detail with the abs all day long, every single day. I agree wholeheartedly. You mixing, and I do that all the time, anyway. So we might as right. well record We're, it, right? Mixing mixing both in is dope. It makes it <laughs> a better show. BS and Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We'll be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, We have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. 
They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some, most to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we start this segment, uh, I got to remind you guys about our great, great sponsor, Get Around. If you guys are ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or a few days, Get Around is at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app, and you can literally unlock cars near you through that app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around and you want to make some extra cash for your next vacation, Get Around's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. Go to get.co slash nuggets and save $15 off your first rental or go to get.co slash BSN to sign up for free to rent your car and start making some money fast. Get.co always throws me off. Uh, AJ, four to nothing. Avs lose. Just a really, really uninspiring effort in uh, in Dallas tonight. But perhaps worse than all that, Gabe Landeskog left with what looked like a shoulder, maybe collarbone injury, and did not return. Yep. Uh, cool. That's. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's about as bad as your night can go. Uh, to me, the Gabe Landeskog thing is a bigger deal than the, uh, the loss itself. But you know, uh, it, it, it wasn't good, man. It was not a good effort from the Avs. Overall, what did you, what did you think of, of, uh, what they put out there tonight? Um, did they put anything out there tonight? Mm. Not really. I mean, I didn't like, it was a weird game, right? I didn't really think that they played bad hockey the first two periods. Uh, the first goal was just a bad defensive breakdown. The second goal I thought was nonsense. Uh, just a soft one from Barley, but also mm-hmm. a great shot from Radulov. Like, how do I? Sure. How do you, I mean, is it more soft from Barley or is it more of a great shot from Radulov? I don't. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I don't have a strong opinion on it. Um, sometimes, you know, like the first goal, there's a clear breakdown from the Avs. The second goal, there's not. Right. You can whine about the 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 turnover. Sure, fair enough. Um, but that's a, that's a save a guy has to make. Um, but at the totally. same time, hey, it's a great shot. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a. I saw I saw somebody refer to it as a one percent shot, and absolutely, I mean they they were right. Like that's it's perfectly placed in maybe the only spot that a goalie will have trouble getting uh, getting to mm-hmm. um, from that angle and that in that situation. Like that might be the only place that puck could have gone mm-hmm. uh, that would have given Varley problems right there. And you know credit to the credit to the guy for shooting. And then after that, um, I mean you look at it, the Avs the Avs stepped it up. They they got the power play, which predictably did nothing. And then they dominated the last half of the second period, at least in terms of possession and and shot attempts and, and all that. And then the third period started. You're down by two. You're on the road. You have to have it. And nothing. 
I mean, not not a not a whimper, not a <laughs> nothing, not a clawing back of any kind. Um, came out and Dallas decided they wanted to close, uh, close the door and and put the Avs to to, to sleep for the night, and they did. Yeah, I mean that's 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 really like the first two periods. I don't I don't have a a really strong opinion about the game. I thought the Avs. I thought the Avs were in it. I thought they were fairly competitive. I I'm not a big believer in this whole physicality thing. The Avs. The Avs get beat up and they they wilt. And yeah, yeah, I I'm yeah. not. There have been there have been a number of games this year where uh, teams have come at them physically and it's gone fine for them. Mm-hmm. The Avs. The Avs have responded. Um, tonight they just didn't. Man, they just didn't. They. I I don't know. I, and it's and it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, what's going on in that locker room? You got to have it. You know, you have to close. You have to act like you care. This These games matter. This, you know, on and on and on and on and on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but these things, I mean, these things happen. I mean, there's no, there's no making any kind of nonsense excuse for them. Well, um, you and I, you, you say it a lot and, and we mention it a lot. There's two teams out there. Yeah. One of them has to lose, and 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 it's a must win for both. And it's a, you know, it, it both teams are in the same position. One of them is gonna lose. It was the Abs tonight. To your point, I didn't think they were bad in the in the first and second. Uh, I I I thought they were in a position where they could have easily come back and and tied the game and at least made a game out of it. Uh, and and that's where I think I'm I'm disappointed. Is that they didn't put up a fight at all in the third period right the third period is is kind of it's like the third period is like it's kind of like the playoffs right where like it's where you make your bones in the nhl man like that's that's where you get that's where you get your reputation right that's where you get respect and it's weird because the abs are the second highest scoring team in the third period Mm-hmm. So they've made a habit this year of playing competitive third periods. Right. And then in the biggest game of the year, I mean, you don't, I mean, it's not even just wilting. Like it's right. not, it's not like they fell apart. It's not like they self-destructed. It's not like they played this crazy undisciplined third period where they took a zillion penalties and made all mistake after mistake after mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like they self-destructed and imploded in any kind of fantastic way. They just didn't do anything. And I don't know which one's worse. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't either. Well, I mean, what do you what do you I... think? Which one's worse? I don't know. I don't why are you asking me? You don't know. I, I mean I'm I'm just curious, man. Like we're we're waxing philosophical now, so you know, there's no there's no analyst and host in this one. This is what do you think, man? Because I because both neither. I mean, obviously neither of them feel good, but you know they've they had the the they've had destructive third periods before where a two nothing lead and it gets out of hand and you're like, well, right, that sucked. Uh, and then, but this is this is the more the more rare of the two 
to just they, come out completely f- and not push back at all. Yeah, and and like and again, it wasn't like they made no mistake. It wasn't like any of that. They just didn't do anything, man. Well, and and, and well, so I, I I I don't think that they're. I think they're. I think they're the same thing. Because I mean, think about it. If you come out in the third and you get absolutely run over, well, you're not doing anything. You're not pressing anything. You're not coming out with any. You're just getting beat up. So I mean, it's not necessarily that they are. Do you know what I'm trying to say there? Where where I mean, a failure is a failure. It doesn't really matter which way you dress it up. Right, right, right. Is right. But to me, at, at this time of year, to come out as flat as they did in the third, and look, you know, they they mentioned it on the broadcast, and it's a little bit of a cop out, but there is some truth to it. They played. I I don't remember what the number of games are. Uh, they 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 haven't had two back to back days off in in a few weeks, so you know you can say they're a little tired, whatever. But that to me is at this time of year, everyone's tired, everyone's hurt. So okay, sure, you're tired. You haven't had back to back days off in a while. You have to come out with something better than that in the third period. All game long, yeah. yeah. I mean, all, all game long, sure. You know, it's 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 tough. It's a grind. Dallas is going to push back, but in the third period, in this type of game, you've got to come out and push a little bit, and uh, and they didn't. AJ, I know you've got to write grades. I just wanted to ask you really fast, what did you think of of what happened with Landeskog and Ben Bishop? You know, that's. I don't think it was egregiously dirty. I don't think it was no. something that he should get suspended for. But I thought it's something that I feel like you see goalies do that they get away. You know, they, they can take some liberties because they're goaltenders. That to me was what Ben Bishop did was totally intentional. Landis Gog's coming in. Ben Bishop's a big dude. He pinned him on the wall. To me, that was a hit. Again, I don't think it was some like super insanely dirty right. play. I'm not calling right. for Ben Bishop. Like there's no, there's no like, oh, we should be suspended right. or anything like but, that. But that looked to me like interference. But I, I mean, why, why, I mean, goalies aren't, you're not allowed to hit goalies. Goalies should be allowed to hit, especially when they've got 35 pounds of gear on. Right. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Landis Gogg's reaching for a loose puck and Ben Bishop backed into him. Rob Blake style up high. It's like, that's. Gabe Landeskog didn't have the puck. He was pursuing the puck. Why are you allowed to yeah, go throw this huge hip check? And if Landy were to have done anything back to him, he would have gotten a penalty and it would have been this huge thing. It's just interesting to me. Uh, I've always thought that was interesting, that when goalies wander out of the net, how they are... They're off limits. They 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 can do whatever, but you're not allowed to hit them. You're not allowed to whack the stick, anything like that. Uh, I just thought it was weird. I just wanted to mention that it was a uh, suspect-looking play to me. Anything else to add, AJ? Um, yeah, the skate blade thing. Yeah. Happened to Tuka Rask last year. Remember, he gave up a goal and flipped out? Yeah, in the postseason, that was another thing that they talked about. Um. That was another thing that they talked about at the meetings. Yeah. At the meetings about, uh, should they blow that play dead? 
and I mean, I de- I definitely think they should. Like, I, I think what's a, what's a goalie gonna do? Like, rip his skate blade and like, look, if there's no sly way for a goalie to rip his skate blade off right. in the middle of a play to try and get a stoppage. I think with what happened when the puck, the minute the puck left the zone, the play should have been blown dead. If if you've got someone who's wide open in front, to me, that's a tough one to blow the play dead. Um, I think if it's not like an imminent scoring chance, yeah, the, the play should be blown dead. Because, I mean, you saw Varley just trying to get into position. You're helpless unless you want to turn your back to the play and push with your other foot. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, that was... Uh, since it didn't go in, it was funny. But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one to, to what should they do. Yeah. Uh, they're showing a Landy replay again. I'm anxious to see uh, how quickly uh, Bednar says he hasn't talked to the training staff. I mean, of course. <laughs> like, Unless- that's how That's how this works. Right. So abs fans off to sweat it out for one more night. Sorry about that. So we were just totally quiet on the air here for like seven seconds. I was watching the Landy replay again. Yeah. But, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, all right, AJ, let's get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for you and I this week. Talked to AD earlier. He should be making his regular rounds on Friday. So we'll be oh, on- I got one last thing. If you're, you're, you can't do what I was going to do uh, or, or, or how synced up are we? I'm also now just curious what I don't, um, I'm definitely not going to do what you're about to do. Um, there is a, uh, I know that we're all like abs people here mm-hmm. and Detroit sucks, Yeah. but March 22nd, uh, the Alamo draft house Sloan's Lake, there is a documentary called the Russian five getting released. Nice. And it's all about the Russian Five uh, and how they came to be in Detroit and kind of helped uh, with the Red Wings uh, winning winning a Stanley Cup. I uh, talked to one of the producers of the film earlier today, and he sent me an advanced copy uh, of it, and I watched it this afternoon. It's fantastic. Nice. And I was too young to know a whole lot about the politics of uh, the Russian Five. I didn't grow up in a world where... Uh, you know, I was born in 1987. Uh, I haven't really lived. Through, I, I haven't meaningfully lived through any Cold War in my life. I only know about it because I went to history class and found it all interesting back in the day. But did not. I was too young when uh, Detroit and Colorado were having their rivalry to know anything about the Russian Five and that like subplot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched the uh, watched it today. It's very, very good. And it's it's fascinating. I had no idea about a lot of the stuff that went on, the crazy stuff that the Red Wings had to go through in order to get those guys signed uh, and and to Detroit. They were literally sneaking them out of hotel rooms in the middle of the night um, so that those players could defect. And like, like I'm not going to give away all of it because seriously, go see it. Um, but it's a documentary. It's called the uh, the Russian Five. Um, March 22nd, it'll be at uh, the Alamo Draft House, uh, Sloan's Lake, which I looked up earlier and is on the west side of town. So uh, if you have any interest in that and, and think it's going to be worth your time, 
definitely go see that. I watched it this afternoon. I seriously, it's great. Have you watched the uh, the thirty for thirty on the? Uh, I think it's called "Of Miracles and Men." I have also super good. Yeah, I was gonna say because the, the that the last like forty minutes talks a lot about uh, uh, Larianov. Is that who it was trying to get out to go play for the Devils? Uh, up, thank you. Yeah, who ended up being mm-hmm. part of the Russian Five? Yep, and they they kind of uh they they kind of get into a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like Larionov and Fetisov, and you know because Fedorov uh, was kind of their own their own guy, right? Um, but it it's crazy interesting. Um, and like the stuff that they had to do is like straight out of a movie. Like yeah. I was like, you're, I was like, you're kidding me with some of this. Right. It's, it's crazy. I'm so I'm, I'm really, uh, 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 I, I really liked it. Sorry. My brain just shut off. I was, cause it's, it's so weird. Uh, while I was, while I was giving the thing, um, the guy emailed, nah. <laughs> the guy emailed me. That's so, so that's why my brain stopped. Uh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, it's a crazy story. Um, yeah, well, I, I was going to say, I, I, from- I just like definitely recommend it. It's so awesome. I, I've only seen that 30 for 31. I I'm very interested in going and seeing what you're talking about, but yeah, I mean, just from that little bit I've seen about, you know, kind of the start of all of this. Uh, yeah, I mean, crazy. I remember, you know, Lou Lamarillo is in the one that I'm talking about saying like, yeah, <laughs> we had people coming into hotel rooms with notes because the rooms were tapped, uh, you know, like sliding things under the door. Yeah, it sounds crazy. So I mean, I can only imagine an entire documentary dedicated to just that. I'll bet you it's uh, insane. So there you go. Yeah, I thought I thought you and I were, were linked up enough that we were going to do the exact same thing at the exact same time. No. Um. So there you go. So there's that. Uh, yeah, be on the lookout for AD's uh, pod tomorrow. We'll obviously uh, be keeping you guys updated on what we hear about Gabe Landeskog, but with as tight-lipped as the abs are, uh, we'll probably hear something right before you do. So uh, there you go. They, uh, they're hard to get information out of. AJ, if that's it for you, that's it for me. Thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. Wanted to give a big shout out to uh, LG, uh, Lauren Gardner. She is uh, leaving the abs fam for bigger and better things. She's always been an awesome supporter of the podcast. And uh, she always, anytime we I'd see her, she'd come over and always talk about the podcast with me. And she uh, always listened. We've had her on here before. So she will definitely be uh, missed around the friendly confines of Pepsi Center. But uh, she's going to go crush it with with what she's doing. Very, very excited for her and uh, huge congratulations. So just wanted to give a, a, a shout out to LG. She's always been really awesome and a great friend of the pod. Yeah, she um, she's going to do <laughs> an awesome job wherever she lands, uh, whatever she does. Uh, I remember the day that she started working um, for Altitude and, and was was covering the abs and she showed up and uh, JJ and I were standing in the locker room talking and she started introducing herself to everybody. And she came up to us and was like, 
oh, you're so-and-so from the uh, BSN Avalanche podcast. I listen to you guys all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you do what now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was so cool. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if she still actively listens. I imagine it's a lot harder to. Um, Every time I see her, she comes up and has something specific to say about the podcast. So, uh, yeah she's awesome she's just she's just she's just an awesome human being uh mm-hmm. and i altitude's gonna have a really hard time replacing her and yeah. i'm you know just speaking personally i'm gonna miss her quite a bit no honestly i i uh, i sent her a text today right after she you know kind of broke the news and one of the things i told her was thank you for for all for she made me she always makes you feel welcome around pepsi yeah. center the first time uh you know i i went to pepsi center and i had a credential i remember being so nervous and I remember LG came in and I was like, oh man, that's and not like intimidated, but it's LG. Everyone knows LG. Everyone loves LG. I was like, all right, just don't do anything stupid. And she came over right away. Oh, my, oh, Jesse, right? BSN. So nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. Super awesome. And, uh, was always wanted to chat you up or is always wanted to chat you up. So, uh, yeah, like you said, we'll definitely be missed on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to find a, a really sad song to play us off on that note. Uh, just to, you know, really get everyone bummed out. Just don't have it be a Michael Jackson song. Oh, dude. I didn't even know about that documentary until last <laughs> night. I didn't even know it existed. And now it's number one on my watch list for this weekend, dude. Dude. Have you seen it? It is. I have. Yeah. I, I don't even say I, that. I don't even want to hear what it is. I don't even want to hear that. I'm, I'm so amped to watch it. So amped to watch it. I've always, I've always loved Michael. And I, and I don't think I will after this weekend. And that bums me out. But like what bums me out even more is that he, for AJ Hayfley, I'm Jesse Montano. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys for listening.